Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Kevin Kelly joining us. We will uh, properly introduce him here in a second, but Coach, I will let you weigh in on uh, the Kellys. I mean, it's just a family that is wrought with success, and it doesn't matter if uh, Dad, who's a preacher, uh, you see what the boys are doing now in the world of business, and obviously Hunter is continuing his football career at a high level and expected to be one of the go-to targets for the Patriots this year, and it's a family you know all too well. Yeah, you know, and it didn't surprise me. It was funny. There were funny stories when Hunter got his first big checks, you know, and I would ask I would ask Hudson or Hayden, I was like, did, did Hunter go buy a nice car? No, he's still driving the same crap car the forerunner had, <laughs> you know, as a sophomore or whatever in high school. And I'm like, well, you think he's going to? No, he, he, he was scared to buy anything. I think he bought himself a computer, though. And I'm like, wow. You know, if I got that kind of money, that's why God didn't give me that much money because I'd be going crazy. Well, he's married now, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's got somebody he's, to help him with that. And <laughs> just had his second just had, just had his second kid, I think, a couple months ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, so, uh, he's but, spending money, I can promise. And now, and now Hayden's at Stevens. And, you know, if you're a Razorback and you graduate and you play football and you've got any sense and, and can market yourself a little bit, somebody great's going to grab you. I mean, yeah. he's at Stevens right now and, and doing well. I had lunch with him a couple weeks ago and – and Hudson's going to end up doing the same thing. And, He's I mean, up at Walmart. He's doing well, sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're it, sharp, that whole family. Yeah, man. they're they're sharp, down-to-earth, grounded. Their family kept them. Their dad yeah. and mom kept them grounded, like really grounded, not that made them keep, stay humble because, man, it's easy when, when you had all coming at you that Hunter did coming out of high school, mm-hmm. all the people after him. I mean, thank goodness there's no NIL right. stuff then. Yeah. You know, I mean, it would have been easy. I'd have been thinking, like, I'm the best player in the state. You know, I'm going to wear a T-shirt that says I'm the best player yeah. in the state, and I'm only going to grant certain people. You know, I mean, it's – and they stayed grounded the whole time, so it was pretty it remind, cool. It reminds me of my, my dad and stuff yeah. in high school. Yeah. It was like, you know, yeah. I was walking through one night after, you know, and I was playing against 5'10 centers. Watch it. Yeah. You, 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 I would, you would have been guarding me. Yeah. I guarded I guarded guys you know what? that were six seven when I was five five eight and it was in, the in grade school. Time of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard you tell stories about your dad. Uh, Mark Mark told me when I asked Mark one time, he had great kids, and I always seek out great advice from people that have great kids. And I said, Tell me the number one best thing you ever taught your boys, the lesson that you wanted your boys to learn. I'm thinking, be spiritual, you know, and there's so many things he could have said. He goes, I taught my boys to be tough because the world's tough football's tough everything's tough yeah. life's tough emotions are tough he said i taught him to be tough That's and, and embrace toughness pretty and, much way i was brought up yeah, yeah you know me too but i'm like in this day and age maybe more beneficial oh, than no ever doubt. no doubt you know no doubt also had a time uh, uh chance to talk about ryan mount a little bit last night and we had his his girlfriend madison in the house and his uh, aunt Teresa also was there with us last night it was great for them to come and and I was I was glad for them to be able to hear some kind words said about Ryan. I know they heard a lot of great things about him since his passing, and obviously it was weird, you know, a year later after having him at the event last year, you know, for us to be talking about him in the past tense. It's just insane, and, and it's hard to believe and still hard to really process all that. But anyway, I thought it was great to have uh, DJ Williams and, and Tyler Wilson and, and Travis Swanson who had not really been around. He's a very interesting guy, and I thought they were all very good about uh, sharing their thoughts. Here's something from 
DJ last night. If anyone who really knew Mallet, I mean, he's, you can't describe him in one word. I mean, we all had different relationships with Mallet. Uh, obviously, we were the same year. We spent a lot of time on and off the field. You know, Travis, probably the closest with Mallet. Mallet had his hands pretty much up his butt every snap. Uh, and, you know, and Tyler, you know, you were in the meetings and uh, with practice, you know, each and every day with Mallet. And, um, man, it's hard to put into one word uh, to describe this guy. Petrino was mentioned a lot last night and talking about how, you know, Tyler talked about how he was a little bit jealous about the way Ryan dealt with him versus the way he dealt with him. And I, I saw, and it may have been nervous laughter, and I didn't want to make it any more about Petrino than it already was. So I didn't really ask about the big differences and, and how he handled it when Petrino got on him. I almost want to do a documentary called Surviving Petrino. I mean, mm. it almost like you could, you could get Lamar Jackson, all the quarterbacks that have played for Bobby over the years, and talk about how difficult it is. But, again, I think he's certainly pushed guys to new heights. You just look at the record book. I mean, you got the top two quarterbacks in Arkansas history, both played underneath Bobby Petrino. Um, Travis Swanson talked about Mallet, though, and I want to stay there, and then we'll introduce Coach officially. And I want to talk about – I didn't get in this last night because it almost seemed inappropriate to even talk about the football part of it. It wasn't a big part of the story last night. It was about him as a guy uh, and as a coach, you know, a guy that was uh, had aspirations to become a, a really good coach, although it sounds like he – Modeled some Bobby Petrino behavior, we were told last <laughs> night. He was tough on his kids, but they liked it. They embraced it. But I wanted to talk about his arm talent because I went back and watched a lot of tape on him before we got ready for last night. And, I mean, some of the throws he made, you just do not see guys make. It was it was pretty ridiculous. Anyway, here's uh, Travis about uh, Ryan. That was another cool theme last night that came out was DJ. Talked about Ryan putting a word in for him uh, and helped him get back in the NFL. Left, left Green Bay and got an opportunity to play with, I guess it was the Patriots at that point. Is that what he said? Hmm. Yes, and yes. then um, and Travis talked about Ryan backing him and giving him uh, kind of a you know some encouragement too. You know Ryan, what he meant to me was something where I you listen to the the legacy families that were up here. I didn't have that. I kind of came on the scene. You know, I came to a one day camp, a Bob Petrino one day camp, and they were like, "Who is who is this? Who is this guy?" They knew nothing about me. But, you know, I think early on in my career here, there were all these mountains that you continually have to climb. That's just adversity, and you find early on one of the life lessons I learned is at the top of every mountain's the bottom of another one, and a big one uh, hit. You know, going into my red shirt freshman year, uh, I was third on the depth chart, uh, starting camp, and. Uh, you know, we had 20-something days to, to figure out how we're going to start. And by the end of those 20 days, we were starting, beat a couple guys out. And uh, I think Ryan played such a huge role in the coaching staff making that decision, which springboarded me to, to begin to have the life that I have today. And I think there have been some monumental pieces and monumental individuals in my life that have allowed me to get to what I think is the best version of my life today. And I genuinely think if Ryan did not go to bat for me years ago uh, and put in a good word for me to get that job, who knows if, uh, if I'd have the life that I have today. Kevin Kelly dominated high school football in Arkansas, winning nine state titles in 18 years at Pulaski Academy. He's now turning his attention to dominating the airwaves on the zone. He's brought to you by Little Rock Athletic Clubs. Whether you love swimming, playing tennis, running, lifting weights, or playing basketball, you can do it all here. A new pickleball facility called The Park is expected to be finished in March as well. If you join the club now, you'll You'll get 30% off the joining fee and have no contract. Pursue a healthier life and play on with Little Rock Athletic Clubs. I mean, 
Joe can't whistle to it, but that is a great open. I don't know what dominate the airwaves means, but I like the word dominate. Sweep the leg. Sweep <laughs> the, the leg. leg, Kevin Kelly. It's a great open, Christian. Great I was thinking job. Death Blow, but I don't even know what movie that was from. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Say that one more time. Death, Death Blow. Blow. That sounds like uh, a video game. They would say Death Blow. It sounds like Mortal Kombat. So Ryan Mallet, back to him for a second, Coach. Uh, you got a chance to watch him play. Uh, arm talent-wise, I mean, I haven't really seen too many guys roll through college around here that uh, have the special arm he had. You know, Bobby Trino obviously had a lot of confidence in him with six seconds left, backed up against his own goal line. He calls a pass play against LSU, and it worked out well. He ends up with an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah, arm talent-wise, maybe nobody ever better at Arkansas. I mean, name somebody. I don't have anybody. He's the standard. I mean, yeah, you'd have to go back way back to like Joe Ferguson. Ferguson yeah, yeah. I still, I'd still put, I'd still put Mallet up against him and anybody. I watch Ferguson some. It dates me a little bit, but no, arm talent wise for sure. And then in Bobby Petrino's system and with him as a coach, you had no yeah, choice if you were going to be the starter to be the perfect. Yeah, and he could make the throws he wanted to make. You know, their favorite Bobby, one of Bobby's favorites is is the 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 bootleg out from the left side, fake the, fake the play actually left side, roll right and throw back to a receiver that everybody cleared on the left and he goes all the way across. That's a long dang throw and you add about 20 yards to it because of the you're throwing it across the field. So he's you know, you got to be able to throw the ball a good 50 yards mm-hmm. on a line. You can't hang that thing up there. Not many quarterbacks can do that, but Ryan Mallett, he could call anything at any time. And he knew the ball was going to get there, and he knew Ryan was going to do whatever it took to get it there. And so mm-hmm. that kind of talent opens the playbook for you a little bit on, on, as, a, as an offensive coach. And Ryan did that. And evidently, like you heard all the stuff, it's cool to hear the stories and the players and the respect they had for him and the little things behind the scenes that he did that nobody knew about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as that. And then I got to know him a little bit as a coach. He and I met back in February or March, and uh, he was he was – Half jesting, but he really wasn't. He was like, you're not doing anything. Will you come down and be my offensive coordinator? <laughs> and I said, said, Ryan, you don't want me to be. You're going to want to call the plays, you know. And he said, man, I, I just need somebody. He said the coaching stuff was, you know, there's so much more you've got to do than I thought as the head guy. I thought it would be just football, but it's so much. So, man, that's the thing. The head coach, a great one, finds a way to do that other stuff. And I said, you'll get there. But it was funny talking to him and stuff, and I was thinking – me calling plays for Mallet. It seems kind of weird. <laughs> but Jarius right on staff too. That'd have been ridiculous. Yeah, the, the crazy awesome. part though it is been a perfect storm because you all would. I mean, you want to. We want to throw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would all three be like, okay, who wants to throw it? Yeah, us. Okay. We'll talk. But the, the the hard part. I told Ryan the hard part for him would be don't expect your quarterback to be what you, to be able to do what you can do. Mm-hmm. I had to teach the same thing to Anthony Lucas. I'm like. You have no idea. You know, they, they tend to think that everybody should be able to do close to what they should be able to do, but he was a freak. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, don't expect your guy to be able to do what you're able to do because that's just not the case. And it, and it never will be the case as long as you coach, probably, unless you just get really lucky. And uh, so it was a cool relationship I had with him. He was always super nice to me, and, and I enjoyed talking some ball with him. Did you uh, – our question of the day today is about quarterback playing the NFL. And did you uh, – whoever's phone that is, please stop. Um, thank you. Right. Sweep, sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. You're not going to dominate the airwaves like that, pal. I, I, I always turn it off except for now twice. It's okay. I know. I don't care. Somebody did. I've been on vacation. I was a, there was a, there was a, yeah. was, I, I was awful. Well, we ahead. spent too much time on this already. Anyway, Mike Greenberg, who I don't normally agree with, yeah. uh, probably is not being agreed with at least by a couple people in here again, talking about Justin Fields. I'll just play a snippet for this <laughs> of this for you. Um, by the way, the Athletic just came out with their list, Coach, of the tiers of quarterbacks, and Justin Fields, I think, is 
third, maybe. Mm -hmm. I would like to take a moment to remind you of a young man that I fear you may have forgotten. Once upon a time, he was the number one prospect in his high school class. He was a spot ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Then he threw 67 touchdowns and nine interceptions in college and led his teams to the playoff both seasons that he started. Of course, you know who I'm talking about. He's Justin Fields. And it's understandable if all those things have slipped your mind based on what has happened since. In two NFL seasons leading absolutely terrible teams, he has won just five of his 25 starts, and he has fumbled, been sacked, or intercepted 140 times. That's the most of any player over those two years. It's been so unsightly that some people thought the Bears should have used the number one pick this spring on a new quarterback. Well, let me tell you why they didn't. Because starting in week seven last season, while he was running for his life and throwing to a receiving core that can at best be called pedestrian, Fields had the fourth best QBR in the league, behind only Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. Now he is set to follow Hurts and Allen again. Those two are the modern template for quarterback development. They're talented, in need of patience and coaching, and now look at them. But Fields is exactly the same. Frankly, he was a better prospect than either of those guys were. The final piece to the puzzle came this offseason with the Bears' acquisition of D.J. Moore. They are hoping he can be to Fields what Stephon Diggs and A.J. Brown were to his predecessors. And I'm here to tell you they got that absolutely right, all of it. The people of Chicago have been waiting all of their lives, like a century plus, for what they are finally about to have. Write it down. Justin Fields is going to be the next superstar quarterback in the NFL. Mike Greenberg on crack, or is he on to something here? He's on uh, he's on something worse than crack. First of all, where did he get that QBR? Did he quantify that, and I didn't uh, hear it? He, he said, said after week seven. After week seven. Okay. It, it, that, that's awful. First of all, the first seven weeks count. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and second of all, they finally got him to go, hey, Justin, quit running back there playing backyard football, and you've got you've to get the freaking ball out. Nobody can block for you for 10 seconds. That's what he was wanting to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, third of all, he was in the bottom half of the league in QBR overall. Uh, in – he made some big plays when he scrambles around, but it's not worth the big plays that he gave up or missed the pass on. People will see when he scrambles and makes five yards. They don't understand. There probably was a guy down there open that he could have made 12 yards or 15 or 20 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so the numbers are all skewed when you get out of the pocket that much. And he gets out of it way too much. He'll never finish a season as long as he does that. And I challenge you to find me an Ohio State quarterback. Uh, many have come out highly regarded in the last 15 years, 10, 15 years. Find me one that's been successful in the NFL. And and you've you've turned over something I haven't found yet. Okay. It just you, doesn't happen. Do you think it's because of the system makes things too easy for them? Like they're just throwing to open people over and over again? I, I think that's some of it. Some of it is they do so much RPO stuff. Okay, some quarterbacks have a hard time adapting, and they do a lot of RPO stuff. They're better than everybody else. They're, it's it's also the a little bit of the thing with the Bama QBs. They've got five seconds back there to throw. Right. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, you do not have it, and it's a different world when they're trying to kill you. I always say it's the hardest job in the world. But Justin Fields was either – I know for sure he's bottom three. He may have finished dead last in straight accuracy last year. They measure that within a yard of the center of the mass of the target he's throwing to. He was dead last or bottom three in accuracy. How would you like to be the guy that has to track all those passes? <clears throat> well, that, that's they, a tough they, gig. They those, yeah, they've got those things. Is that there. AI? Yeah, AI do that? that's all I'll do that. But, but think about that. If you're a guy, now think if you're a receiver, and you're running, and let's say you're stationary because there's a safety closing down on you. You ran a curl, curl route, and he misses by 
two feet, considered accurate because he misses almost as much as anybody, and turns you into the guy instead of away from the guy. That's the kind of stuff that I saw Justin Fields do. Now, he's not doing it on purpose, obviously. That not only does that, gets a guy hurt, no yards after catch, however you want to look at it. All those little things factor into the things I evaluate him on. Can he improve? Can he get better? Can he be a guy that fixes all those things? Well, I don't know if he can fix all those things, but I think he can. I mean, everybody can, but now that's going to take the magic of a perfect quarterback coach and somebody that will hold him accountable. I mean, you've got to get in there. You've got to have somebody that sees the big picture. And Regardless of what we believe, and we can take a look around the NFL, just because you're an NFL coach doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Like, you can fix that. You would think, well, any NFL coach could fix that. No, they can't because they don't see the big picture. They don't see that when you're running a crossing route, throwing it behind on the back hip, even though he catches it, he spins around, that cost him 20 yards. Mm -hmm. You know, and guys that don't see that don't fix those things. The tier, according to The Athletic, in this order, is Mahomes. And I did look. They have Joe Burrow second ahead of Josh Allen. But, again, it's a very close vote. Rodgers fourth and Justin Herbert fifth. Do you have an issue with any of that? Uh, I th- not really a big issue. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is on the way down. Mm-hmm. And I pointed this out to some colleagues I have in, in, in the game. And, and I said, watch. The last two years of his film, I went and watched his games. And he doesn't move his feet nearly as well. He's not nearly as mobile. He used to be able to escape quickly and throw on the run. He's not trying to escape <clears> as much. And he's having to throw it sooner because he's finally lost a speed step. Now, his arm looks as good as ever. But he based a lot of his good throws and his open plays on mobility and be able to get out of the pocket quickly. He's losing that, and I think Aaron Rodgers is on the downswing. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs. Woo! Sean Payton blasted Hackett. And how uh, do you you feel about that? And how do you think – how much do you agree with that? And do you you think Payton is going to make – a huge difference. I think he's going to make a difference. I don't. I mean, he's clearly a better coach. Than but what by the way, had. Peyton also said the Jets are going to implode too. He does not buy the Jets either, even with Rodgers. So, uh, what do you think about all that? Well, I, I'm real, real familiar with the Broncos because I was doing a radio show there every other week last year, and uh, so I had to cover and make sure I knew everything about them. I think. First of all, Sean Payton's going to be the best thing Russell Wilson could have ever asked for. Not just in coaching him, but he's going to fix his feet. You lose your feet when you get the crap knocked out of you ever they play. They were the second-worst line in the league last year. But Sean Payton saying what he said, was he right? Absolutely. I think he was right on target. I like that uh, uh, he says what he means, means what he says. Was it the wrong time? Maybe. But I think as much as anything, you know, he came out and said, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that at that time, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think he did it for his team to realize, hey, I don't want you guys to lose confidence. I want you to know that I didn't think you were coached well. Mm -hmm. Now, should you say that to the media? I don't know. But you know when you say it to the media, it's one thing to say it in the locker room. When you say it to the media, the players are like, he went out there on a limb and knew he was going to get bashed a little bit. He really believes this, that we are a good football team. Yeah, Wes or Christian said that yesterday, too. Mm -hmm. I think that's – I hadn't thought about that. That's an astute point. For, and he did it for Russell Wilson. Yeah, he did it to say, "Hey, look, it's not, it's not, it's like, uh, it's like uh, Robin Williams' character in uh, Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault." Now I don't know if Russell Wilson cried in his arms, but it, it's not your fault. <clears throat> I can't wait until because did you see Aaron Rodgers come back on mm-hmm. the in the NFL interview yeah. and and take yeah. up for Hackett and say it's his favorite coach he's ever played for. I can't wait till eight games in. <laughs> and no. Rodgers is so pissed off, he won't speak to the media, and he's really pissed at Hackett for, for not calling plays he wants him to. It's like I can't wait to see uh, Coach Prime oh. in October. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I hope Colorado hits <laughs> well, too. 
He's you know. going to get his comeuppance, and if he doesn't, he will when he comes to the Big 12, even as marginal as that league is. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to hit a break. You going to stick around? i got to go. i got to go pick up my granddaughter. Oh. Nice. I can't make fun I of heard that. The, I heard the Holy Soul story. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that that's funny. It makes me think of that every time I see Damn kids. Damn rabbits. They're great kids. I know Damn the rabbits. rabbits. Yeah. Damn rabbits. Wabbits. That's right. Yeah, Maddox <laughs> they got to go down. They're going down today. Let's pray. I don't want to pray. <laughs> <laughs> I pray you get beat by 20. <laughs> All right, Joe. Thanks, man. See you guys. Thanks to Corky's again for the support last night. Everybody had a great time. Appreciate Intern. it. Intern. Intern. <laughs> Go to Oklahoma State and do us proud. Yeah, and if uh, Dana tries to call you, re- reject those, will you? <laughs>